Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Business of Design, episode 69, and this is the second part of a conversation with Kara Lowenthal, and I hope Kara is going to forgive me for completely botching her last name in the first episode, but we spoke to Kara about confidence and how to get more of it, and her ideas were so practical, so prescriptive. Uh, we thought it would be a good idea to break it into two parts and continue that lively conversation. When you go to the show notes following any episode, you're going to find links to the guest's bio and anything they recommend. And in this case, Cara very kindly has given us all the opportunity to download something called the Confidence Cheat Sheet. And since all of us probably feel like we could use a little bit more confidence, I think it was worth downloading. And I'm going to read you a little bit from it and just see if this piques your interest. Uh, From the Confidence Cheat Sheet, most of us are conditioned to think that confidence comes from accomplishments, succeeding at work, finding a partner, getting fit, making money, or climbing Mount Everest. Although it's a natural assumption because we're all taught to believe that external accomplishments create confidence. That's why we look at people who have achieved what we want to achieve or have what we want, and we assume they must feel great about themselves. But here's the shocking truth. Your external accomplishments don't actually create confidence. That really resonates for me. How many times have I thought, as soon as I get this thing done or accomplished, I'm going to be on easy street. I'm going to be feeling great. And maybe the glow from that accomplishment lasts for a minute or an hour or even a few days. Eventually, it fades. And in fact, sometimes in my experience, when someone really pushes a lot of compliments your way, it has almost the opposite effect on me of thinking, why do they feel that I need to be boosted in this fashion? Kara's newsletter goes on to say that you can't achieve your way out of anxiety and self-doubt. You have to think your way out instead. So I'm not going to be able to accomplish something that's going to give me confidence, but I am going to be able to change my thinking patterns. And that's what is going to happen here in part two. We're going to begin to think about this idea of the neutral thought patterns. I'm not going to read the entire confidence cheat sheet to you, of course, but there is one part that made me laugh out loud. Um, And she goes on to say, let me be clear. I have degrees from Yale and Harvard, and I only teach cognitive science-based solutions. If you like your coaching, woohoo, this guide ain't for you. So I love that. I don't want any woohoo coaching either. I really like a practical, no-nonsense approach. And um, the fact of the matter is confidence is one of those things that feels like nailing jello to the wall. And yet I think Cara has great tips for breaking it down and allowing us to do more. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. 
Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers, just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. The following podcast uses explicit language. I'm giving you that disclaimer because Cara's own podcast is called the Unfuck Your Brain podcast, and she gives straightforward, no-nonsense advice, no-nonsense advice, rather, on the podcast, and that's how I first learned of Cara. Someone recommended her podcast to me. I'm a big fan, and we'll hear from Cara as soon as I complete the housekeeping announcements. Now... Cheryl is having a lovely day off and trusted me to go through a few things with all of you. And I carefully wrote those things down on a post-it note, and I have no idea where they are. Uh, This is what I think Cheryl wanted me to remind you all of. The Palm Springs Retreat coming up October 18th to 21st is sold out. If you'd like to be on the waiting list, it's possible that you would still get in. So do sign up for that. We will be finishing the itinerary for that trip over the next month and it will be jam-packed with learnings as well as uh, some fun architectural visits and surprises so I'm looking forward to that we are working hard to create a couple of meetups in various locations uh, one of them being Texas I know Texas is a very big state I have a great friend in Dallas we have amazing members in Houston and Austin it's possible we would go to all three cities uh, or it's possible we'll choose two and try to work it out in that way so many of you have reached out to say hey I'm in Houston or hey I'm in Austin let's get together so we're compiling a list if you want to be part of that event please let us hear from you Cheryl at businessofdesign.com just tell us what city you're in I know we're doing Melbourne in uh, March and I'm looking forward to that and we have an event a live event coming up on September 13th at SOFA which is a trade only resource in the Toronto GTA area so look on the website to get more information about those and I think I've taken up enough of your time. Let's hear from Cara. We're going to jump right into the conversation, and I'm going to introduce the topic of neutral thinking. I love this idea of practicing the neutral thoughts. Are are there tips or tricks that you can give us when we're face-to-face with a client's and they've asked us a question, and we just we have that sensation of being a deer in the headlights, and we're pretty sure you can see a bit of sweat forming <laughs> on our upper lip. Um, what do you do right then to get yourself back in the zone? Is there is there anything you can do right then? Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's two things. There are, number one, this is again why you should practice ahead of time because you just stop having that reaction. Mm -hmm. I think people people like don't believe me, but if you practice your thought work, you actually just stop getting freaked out in the moment right? because you don't get get that same flight, fright response doesn't get triggered. Um, It kind of depends on the question, but one of the things that I find most of my clients struggle with from any profession, if they are like smart, accomplished feminist women, is this idea that everyone else thinks, that's their thought, is that everyone else thinks that they're already supposed to know everything. 
right? So they like never want to say, I don't know. Right. They never want to say, I have to get back to you because they assume that everyone else is thinking, what a fucking dummy. How does she not know this? Right. Right. And, and so, so like, for example, someone will say, how many pot lights do I need for this room? Or do you think we can fit in the extra, you know, mini refrigerator down here right. below the cabinetry? And the truth is, I don't have any idea. I'm not an electrician. I'm not a plumber. Right. But I know who to ask. Right. And your problem is the thought I should know this or they expect me to know this. Right. You're the one who thinks that there's something wrong with you not knowing. Right. Whereas if you were totally confident, like if somebody asked me, can we fit in this mini fridge? I'd be like, the fuck do I know? Do I look like an electrician? <laughs> right. Cause I'm, <laughs> I right. don't care because I'm a coach, but also cause I don't tell myself I should know that. Right. Right. So it's really about one of the thoughts I have people practice a lot in any profession is like really great acts, doctors, lawyers, interior designers, whatever. There are great designers who don't know the, these questions off the top of their head. Right. Just like there are great doctors who have to look things up. Mm -hmm. It's like you put yourself in the company or another another thing to practice ahead of time also is to like think of a designer you really respect whose business you like, you know, admire. And then ask yourself, like, do you think she ever has to say, I don't know, let me talk to my plumber and I'll get mm -hmm. back to you. Of course. Of course. Right? <laughs> of course she has to. Yeah. I mean, you don't make that mean anything negative about her when you imagine it. Right. So giving yourself examples and kind of having a go to thought of like one of the things I always tell my clients is like, people don't hire you because they think you should already know all the answer. They hire you to figure out the answer, right? I hire a designer because I don't want to figure out my own shelving or whatever, where the couch should come, whatever. It's not because I expect them to know off the top of their heads exactly right. what I could do. I'm hiring them to figure it out. So if they have to say, oh yeah, I think maybe this, maybe that, I got to talk to the electrician, I'll let you know. I'm just like, yeah, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Right. That's all about our own confidence. It's almost never about the client's actual expectations. Does that also mean that when we go out to set the value of what we're offering, the actual amount of money it's going to cost to hire us, um, we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot right from the beginning, don't we? Like most don't, when you when you say most female entrepreneurs are probably undercharging, doesn't matter if they're designers or lawyers or whatever. Yeah. So would you, what do you do about that? Like, how do you ever get the confidence to charge more for the work that you do? I know I just sound like a broken record, but it really is changing your thoughts is the only way you produce more self-confidence. I mean, there are, you know, like that question I said earlier, think about what's the value to the person. Right. I right? like that exercise one, actually. That like one thing you could think is like, write that down, you know, that at yeah. the end of this project, the client will have the following things done, which is great but also will not have had to do mm -hmm. the following 472 annoying, difficult, complicated tasks. Yeah. And making sure not to get bogged down in just like the hourly or the tasks. That's important. Mm -hmm. Like part of, part of like when I come up with my pricing, part of it is to compensate me for my time. But part of it is also just what is this result worth? I mean, frankly, what I teach you is priceless. So whatever I charge you is really reasonable. Right, but, right. Right, like... But, but in this the result way, worth? Yeah, and that's, that's the same is true for a designer, right? Yeah. Because it's not just the, like, hours and not talking to the electrician and not having to source your own cabinet poles and not having a whatever. It's also coming home to a house that looks beautiful and a style you love where you get to feel and experience a certain thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so you know, the, the truth about pricing is that it's not a science, it's an art, right? And a lot of it is about confidence. You have to make sure you can deliver. Like I would never coach somebody to, you know, 
sort of be like, well, my coaching is $20,000. I don't actually have any tools to teach you. Like right. you don't have people to deliver. I'm not sure what you're going to get out of it, but. Yeah. I mean, I actually have not studied anything and yeah. I have nothing to teach you. Right. Obviously like there has to be some relationship to the value, but you know, I think maybe it's partly because I, my father is a rare book dealer and a rare photography dealer. He's an antiquarian. And so even though I never thought about myself as an entrepreneur, I like, you know, heard his thinking about value and stuff as I was growing up. And in his business, it's not like going to the store and being like, okay, well, there's 12 bands of silver polish and they cost anywhere between three and $14. And that's the market, right? It's like he acquires objects of high value of which there are very few. And it's about explaining to a client why this is an important book. Why should you own it if you are collect making this collection, if this is important to you, mm-hmm. right? It's a story about value. Right. And that is really people buy and people hire from an emotional connection and the belief that you are going to make their life easier, provide some outcome or value or result they want, right? right? Depending on what you're selling. So I mean, my, yes, building your confidence through thoughts is important, but my number one tip for thinking about selling is stop making it have anything to do with you. Okay. It's not a referendum on you. It's not about your value. <clears throat> it's not about your education or your hours of work. None of that. It's about what is the value for the client? What do they get out of it? What are they willing to pay for that? And if they say yes, great. And if they say no, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your pricing. You know, sometimes I have um, potential clients who come to me and then after we do a consult call, they want to talk to a current client. And I've noticed invariably, those are people who have already decided that they really don't want to hire me. Mm. Because when I hear back from my current clients about what the questions they've asked, they're asking these wild questions that are like, what's the worst part of this program? What's the like, you know, like they're like, they're trying to justify their reason for not hiring Not to, their mindset is already in that they don't want, right? And it has nothing to do with me or how I sold them or anything else. Like that's where they are already, right? So it's like when the best selling advice I can give is just like, stop making it about you on any level. Right. Right. It's about what can you give this client that they need, Mm -hmm. right? And if they don't want it, it's not because there's something wrong with you or what you offer or your pricing. Right. They're just not the right person. They just don't think it's worth that to them. And that's okay. Right. And let them go and find the person who's right yes. for you. People get so discouraged by the no's. Yeah. And like, even I get into like little mental tantrums sometimes when I've gotten a sure. bunch of no's in a row, like it's part of it. But if you, if you made one offer a day for the next five years, you'd have so much business, but that's yeah. not what happens, right? People make two or three they don't get a yes. And then they stop for like six months and then they make like one more. Okay. So, so then there's that, but you, most designers, and I think you mentioned you have a, a currently a coaching mm-hmm. client who's a designer. Yeah. I have a couple of clients. And sometimes the phone rings and the client comes right to you in a neat little okay. box with a bow on top. And that's yeah. great. What happens when the client doesn't come to you in a neat little box with a bow on top? How do you, how do you get the skills to go out and find that customer? Is that a confidence question too? Yeah, I think that's confidence also. I also teach a tool called Massive Action, which is one of my favorite tools for anyone, but especially entrepreneurs. So um, Massive Action is really simple and it's simple to explain. It's hard to do, which is you just keep taking action until you have the result you want. Most of us are like, I'll take, I'll try three times. I tried five times. Haven't I tried enough yet? How much do I have to try? I had a client once send me her business plan and be like, 
so how do I know when I give up on this? <laughs> I'm like, that's where most of us mentally are, right? It's like, I'll try some. I'm going to give it a good try. But right. if it doesn't work in five tries or 10 tries, then I'm going to stop. Haven't I tried enough? We get so self-pitying, right? Five Matt, tries or 10 tries. I'm like, I called him. He didn't call me back. It's over. Right. <laughs> He's dead to but me. But <laughs> mass, massive action is like, it takes away all that negotiation with yourself about how hard should you have to try. All that self-pity is just like, do you have the result you want? If not, you need to take more action. So with my client who's a designer, that meant like, this is why people hire a coach is to make them do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was like, mm-hmm. it was like, come up with, okay, how else are we going to get the word out? Right. What else are you going to do? And then she had to come up with like, well, I could email these kinds of people, or I could reach out to those kinds of people, or I could look for other professions where people might need a designer. I could like, you just have to keep, you keep taking action till you have the result you want. And if you don't have it, then you just have to think of the next thing to do. Right. And really just- buy into that. It like takes away a lot of the we spend a lot of time, like we waste a lot of time debating with ourselves about like whether we should have to do more. Right. Basically. <laughs> right. No, for sure. I, I really, I love having this conversation because my default position is I don't want to bother them. I'm sure they probably already have a designer. Um, if I ask for the job, then it looks like I don't have enough work. And that means I'm a loser. Oh my God. Yeah. People get so stuck in that one, which is such a career, like such a business killer. Can you imagine? Here's what happens when I stop telling people about how they can work with me. Nobody hires me. Right. Right. Here's what happens when I tell people they can work with me. They hire me. Right. right? People have no, like, this is a problem a lot of entrepreneurs have, especially women is we like, (laughs) I have a coach friend who's run her whole business like this. She makes some money, but not a ton, which is like, she doesn't tell anybody that they can work with her. If they like track down her website and figure it out, you know, because on the end of my podcast, every episode, I'm like, here's what to do if you want to work with me. Yeah. Right. Because it's not about me. Right. That's the whole thing. When you're like, I don't want to bother them. What if they desperately need a designer? Right. What if they need you? They need help. Their house is a shambles. They hate it. They spent all this money on buying a new place and now it's a mess. They're sad every day when they go home. Right. What if they need you? Yeah. Right. Oh Any my kind of service. It's like amazing that. to hear that other people struggle with it. That's so cool. Yeah. I want to ask you before we wrap up, yeah. can, are, what are the comparisons or the, um, where are areas that lawyers and designers have in common? Because we both, you know, sell our expertise in increments of time. But what are, where are some other crossovers, I wonder? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if I've thought about it that way in particular. Um, I do think that one of the big places people get stuck in pricing is thinking about their hour by time. You really, it's very difficult to scale a business to a certain point if you are selling your time by the hour, which is why lawyers in the scheme of the world of wealthy people don't make that much money because eventually you tap out at how much you can charge a person per hour. Right. Right. And coaches have this problem too. Like I don't charge by hour. I charge by program. Like there's a program you can do with me and this is how much it costs. This is the result you get. That's what I'm, you're paying for the result, not my hours of time. Right. So I do think that probably for designers too. And of course, everybody's immediate response is like, well, that's not how the industry works. But that's not how the life coach industry works either. People sell sessions. I don't. It works. Right. (laughs) Right? Okay. So here's, I'm so glad you brought this up because here's the problem. I get 
that if you are only selling your hours or expertise in increments of time, there's a limited amount that you can sell. So it sounds like a dream that if I switch to a flat fee program, I will be able to earn more money. But what 99.9% of designers do is they switch to a flat fee and then they undercharge like there's some kind of reward in heaven for being broke. (laughs) Right, so they go. Right. Like, well, I a flat don't fee charge. Won't solve your thoughts. That's the problem. Okay. Also, but you get what I'm saying, right? Because yeah. you could go for because, and then it's a race to the bottom. Like, I really want this job. I know I should charge twenty five thousand dollars for the value I'm going to provide these clients, but I'm afraid so and so is going to charge ten thousand. So I'm going to charge six thousand to make sure but I that get the is job. Like, okay, this is so important though. When you're thinking that way, you think, not you, but like one in general, one is thinking <laughs> that way, one thinks that one is just reflecting a true reality about how everybody wants the cheapest thing. Mm-hmm. One is not. One is projecting one's own thoughts about money and scarcity. There are absolutely people in the world who would never hire a designer for $6,000 because they're like, how good can this person be? It's $6,000. Right. Just like a car. They're not going to buy right. a Toyota Camry. Right. They want a right. Range are, right. Uh, no matter what I have charged for my coaching... There have been people who said it was too expensive and people probably who said were like, who were like, oh, she can't be that good. Because it doesn't have to do with me. It has right. to do with them and their money mindset. And I will tell you this, because coaches get stuck a lot in this also on the like, oh, it's the price. I launched a, a program a few months ago and I did, let's say, like 100 consultation calls for it. And so like 50 people didn't sign up. And of course, everybody says it's about the price, Right. So then when I, lo- I launched a like more accessible way to work with me a few months later, and I went back to those 50 people and I was like, here's this great new thing. It's so much cheaper. One of them signed up. Right. It's not about the price. No. When you tell yourself it's about the price, it's because in your head, it's about the price. It's about you and how you're thinking about money. It is not an accurate reflection of why other people aren't buying. Other people don't buy because they don't see the value. And sometimes that's because you haven't communicated it. And sometimes it's because they just don't care about the thing. Right. Or they care about it this much, but not that much. Like I have people say to me, like, what, it's going to cost me that much to feel better. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) if you don't care that much about feeling better. Okay. That's up to you. You know, it's like not about me. You're just not my client. Oh, I love right. I just got to talk to some other people. Yeah. I absolutely a hundred percent know exactly what you're talking about. I just want everybody listening to be aware that just because you switch to a flat fee, doesn't mean you suddenly have money if you're not really, you have to charge the amount, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to do the thought work. It doesn't matter. That's true with hourly. Also, there are coaches out there charging $25 an hour. I don't compete with them on price. I don't try to. Right. What you I get would, for $25 an hour is not what I give you. Right. I don't, I don't, thank you. I don't want that kind of advice. It's right. I kind of think like, <laughs> would you go to a plastic surgeon who's a fraction uh-huh. of the cost of the other guys? You <laughs> right. know, no, cause I've seen some bad right. results out there. Um, right. I actually right. fantasize about going to the world's most expensive plastic surgeon, but I haven't right. done it yet. Right. Yeah, um, totally. Okay. This was awesome. I know we just barely scratched the surface, but we like to end every, well, there's two things I want to do. I want to talk about what's yep. coming up for you on unfuck mm-hmm. your brain. Do you have a program that people can jump into right now? What do you have that people could actively get involved in with you? And if they want to hire you as a coach, how does that work? Yeah. So the easiest way to do that is just to go to um, my website is, I like to say it's unfuck your brain, but spelled politely. We take out the second U. So it's unfckyourbrain.com. And if you go to my website and you just 
there's, you, you can learn about me there. You can find the podcast and there's also um, a program link. So you can see there's a couple of different ways to work with me, but the way I do things is you, the first thing you do is fill out an application and then we have a conversation. Okay. So that's the kind of way to proceed um, is just to go to unfuckyourbrain.theu, unfckyourbrain.com, and then um, you can fill out an application on my website. Okay, very cool. And do you ever do um, events or seminars or uh, online training that people can jump mm-hmm. in on? Because that sounds like something fun the business of design yeah. community might love to do. Yeah, I actually think what your people should really probably do is go to um, Unfuck Your Brain without the U, unfckyourbrain.com forward slash cheat sheet. And there's a free confidence guide that you can download. It's got three different exercises to work on changing your thoughts to produce more confidence. So they're like very concrete and actual exercises I use with my clients that you can do on your own. And if you download that, you will also be added to my email list and then you'll get information about webinars or whatever else is going on. Okay, cool, cool. This is, Kara is one to watch and I'm going to definitely go and download <laughs> that and become part of her circle of people who are hanging on and watching. Yes, my flock of chickens I'm is what I call I'm a flock them. of chicken, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a chicken, but there you go. I think I'll do it anyway. Um, we like to end every podcast with something we call design intervention. And it's really just an opportunity for you to, to share something actionable that you think could have immediate results in people's mm-hmm. lives. Um, what comes to mind when I say like, you know, hit us with a tip that's life changing, no pressure. Like, <laughs> like everything I've shared on this podcast. Exactly. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I, we have talked about it, but it is the thing that I find makes the biggest difference in people's lives is, um, working on a neutral thought. I mean, it's just so many people have heard like, oh, women should be more confident. And then you're like, okay, but how? That, right. Yeah, what, how? like. Yeah. Like, is there an instruction manual somewhere? How am I supposed to feel more confident? Right. And what you get told is like, believe in yourself, tell yourself you're amazing. And for a lot of people that doesn't work and then it just feels worse. So even though it may not be like sexy and exciting, really the neutral thought I think is the biggest thing that changes my clients lives and that no one else seems to teach the way that I do. Okay. So instead of like, I'm such a loser, I'll never be in a magazine, for example, Mm -hmm. you would then instead think. You could think things like lots of people haven't been in magazines at this point in my career. And then they were in magazines later or not lots of great designers are never in magazines or the way most people get magazines is they hire an expensive PR company. And I haven't tried that. Right. Like there's a lot of different kind of like you're not going straight to like, I'll be in a mat. I'll be in the middle of the major magazine in five years. Do you don't believe that? You take the charge out of it. You take the electric charge of like, yeah, I'm a loser. Of what you're making it. it mean about yourself. Yeah, exactly. OK, I, I don't know if this is helpful at all, but I have a uh, something that helps me stop negative self-talk, which generally mm. for me is not around work. It's usually my hair. Or, or mm. the size of my ass. Those are, that's where I really can go to negative mm. self-talk. And I, if I won't say it about my daughter or my son, then I'm not allowed to say it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I say, I, you, you yeah. look like a bag lady today, I cannot imagine saying to my daughter, you know, Raleigh, you look like Raleigh. a bag lady today. So mm-hmm. that kind of stops me short of that negative self-talk, which is so um, damaging. Yeah, I think a really good... Damaging. A really good body one I use for any kind of appearance thing is just, that's a human blank. So if you're like, my ass is so huge, is too big, I like to tell people just practice thinking that's a human ass, right? I know my stomach is disgusting. That's a human stomach, 
I have a human stomach, okay. right? Like neutral, but it really diffuses it. And then over time, your body gets more accustomed to it. You stop rejecting this part of yourself, then you'll work your way up to positive thoughts. Okay. I love that. And by the way, Cara has great hair. I'm just saying <laughs> I have, my hair is perfectly we both we both have human hair i have human hair (laughs) car has amazing human hair damn (laughs) so awesome to finally meet you all right everybody definitely check out unfuck your brain and cara low and style low and style low and style all right thank you very much i really appreciated that it's been my pleasure Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.